Bible and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Very familiar of scripture that all of us ought to know. The book of Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said, You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Father, we just love you today. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we know you as we of our life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that someone has shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. Father, we know you because someone told us about you. And Father, I pray that you'll help all others, Lord, about what you are able to do in their hearts and in their lives. Father, you're anointing to rest upon the message, upon the messenger today, we pray in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, it has been said many times, we are either a missionary or we are a mission field. How many understand this morning that God didn't save us just so that we could, uh, so that we could sit and sour and soak? Amen. One of our core values at New Bethel is missions. It's what we are all about. Uh, our heart bleeds for missions. And, and we believe that God has called us to become a sending church. And we get excited about linking up with other ministries that win souls. Therefore, where we're not able to go by ourselves, where we cannot go personally, yet we can join with someone else, we can link up with someone else's ministry, and we can send them and they can go in our place and we can be partners in ministry together. It is our vision to see, as I've said many times and I love to say, it is my vision to see the fingerprints of New Bethel all over the world. Whether it be Africa or Asia or Mexico, whether it be inner city Dallas, inner city New York, whether it be the high school campus, or university campus, whether it be uh, with motorcycle gangs or with, in prisons or, or whether it be homeless shelters and feeding programs, we just love missions. We just love missions. We just love to be a Part and join uh, and be partners with those that, that are reaching out with the message of the love of Jesus Christ. Missions is the heartbeat of God. He loved missions so much that he sent his only son to be the first missionary. That's how much God believes in missions. Well, my goal today is simply to challenge us in three areas. I want to challenge all of us, not just you this morning, I want to challenge myself today. All of us, I want us to be challenged in three areas. The first thing this morning and the first challenge is I must share. I must share. In our text, Jesus said to those who would later be in the upper room, he said, you're going to receive power after uh, that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I think sometimes we don't understand what that power is for. I think sometimes that we think the Holy Spirit is only to make us feel good. Uh, it's only to make us speak in funny languages. It's, it's only for that super spiritual way out, far out stuff. But I want you to notice uh, what the power of the Holy Spirit is actually for. Jesus said this power of the Holy Spirit is so that you will be witnesses unto me. 
The power of the Holy Spirit, friend, is not to just make us talk in a funny language or give us doodads running up and down our spine or, or have some kind of emotional experience, but the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit uh, is to enable us and to empower us to witness or to share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, friend, a witness is someone who simply tells what they have seen, what they have heard, and what they've experienced. Now, we've turned witnessing into some, you know, a hard and difficult thing when it's not hard or difficult at all. You see, all that you have to do in order to witness is simply to tell what you've seen and tell what you've heard and tell what you've experienced. Simply tell what Jesus has done in and through your heart and in your life. I believe the Bible teaches that it is the responsibility of every believer to tell others about what the Lord has done in their life. I want you to notice this morning where our witnessing or our sharing ought to begin. Let's read our text again. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Say in Jerusalem. Jesus said start in Jerusalem. Jesus said begin at home. You see, nowhere else do we have as much influence as we do at home. And yet, oftentimes, this is the very last place that we share. Remember in the Bible, uh, in Luke chapter 8, the Bible talks about the demoniac of Gadara. This man uh, uh, was possessed with 6,000 demons. Legion simply means 6,000. So this uh, demoniac of Gadara was possessed with 6,000. Thousand demons. And Jesus came by one day and Jesus delivered him and set him free. And after his deliverance, he wanted to join the ministry team of Jesus. He began to envision himself as the opening act for this man named Jesus. Uh, Oh, let me travel with Jesus. Let me give my testimony far and wide. Why? Well, I could even get on TBN. I might even get on PTL or XYZ, man. Uh, How I can become a famous high-profile minister. I think it's interesting to notice what Jesus said to him in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 39. Uh, Jesus said, go home. He said, Lord, I want to travel with you. I want to join your team. I want to be your front man. I want to be the opening act. Lord, let me just go tell everybody. Oh, let me, let me travel with you far and wide and give my testimony. But Jesus said, return to your own house. And there tell what great things God has done for you. You see, too many people want to run off to some far off place where nobody knows them. And there they can do ministry. But Jesus said, start in Jerusalem. Start at home. Start right where you are. Let me tell you this morning, it is wonderful, amen, to get out your checkbook and write a big check to help somebody go far and wide and preach the gospel. And I'm going to ask you to do that this week. We ought to do that. We ought to open our pocketbooks. We ought to write the check this morning. We ought to. We are ascending church, so that means we are going to help others go. And it's wonderful that we can give our offering, and it's wonderful that we can write a big check, amen, for missions this morning, and we ought to do that. But, friend, by giving to others so they can go, that doesn't negate our responsibility to preach Christ in Jerusalem. 
Oh, for many of us, it's easy to write a check. That's the easy thing to do. It doesn't cost us any time. It doesn't cost us any effort. Uh, Amen. We don't have to put our reputation on the line. We don't have to put ourselves out there. All we got to do is write a check and somebody else can do the work for us. That's the American way today. That's the easy part for most people. I know not for everyone, but for most people, that's the easy way. But I want to tell you, Jesus said, start the ministry in Jerusalem. Amen. Don't just give to others and don't just go far and wide. But start in Jerusalem. Start at home. Start in your own backyard. Start in your own hometown. Start in your own living room. Friend, there are people that are already in our lives that need Jesus Christ. And it's our responsibility to witness to them, to share what the Lord has done in my life. Well, you say, but pastor, I would, but they won't listen to me. Oh, really? Listen to these statistics recorded by a Gallup poll. Out of 65 million Americans who do not go to church... 34 million said they would go to church if somebody would just ask them. Oh, I would ask people to come to church. Oh, I would share my faith. Oh, I would talk about But nobody wants to hear it. Nobody would listen. I would ask them to come to church, but they won't come with me. But the Gallup poll says that half of them that you ask will go if you'll simply ask them. Same Gallup survey revealed that the majority of teenagers would rather talk about God and talk about spirituality than sex, drugs, or music. Wow. Friend, missions begins at home. Jesus told the demoniac of Gadara, go home, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors what the Lord has done in your life. I love the story of a woman that had eight children. And at the conclusion of an emotional missions service, the the woman with eight children came up to her pastor at the end of the service and she said, Pastor, I believe that God is calling me to be a missionary. The wise old pastor said, I believe you. And look, he's already given you a mission field. Amen. My goal today is to challenge us in three areas. The first challenge is I must share. The second challenge is this morning I must dare. I must dare. Jesus said in our text, be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Start at home, Jesus said. But then he said, then he said, go into Judea and Samaria. Now, although Judea and Samaria wasn't home, neither was it very far away. Branch out, Jesus said to them. Get out of your comfort zone. Get beyond where you are. There are people groups not far from where you live, Jesus said, that need the message that you have to give to them. You've got the message. And they're not very far away. Oh, go into Judea. Go into Samaria. Dare to get out of where you're at. Dare to go from where you are and go to where they are. Notice it's important that Jesus included Samaria. Samaria. No doubt the people were thinking, anywhere but Samaria. Anybody 
of the Samaritans. The Jews hated. They despised. They couldn't stand the Samaritans. They were highly prejudiced against them. Jesus said, be my witness to the Samaritans. Drop your prejudice. Stop your hatred. Include them. My second challenge to us today is, I must dare. I must dare. I must dare to get beyond my comfort zone. I must dare to drop my prejudice. Oh. Why is it? Why is it that we are willing to give our money to preach Christ to a person of another race and of another color somewhere way out there across the ocean somewhere? But we're not willing to get involved with people of other races and other colors that live next door to us. Why are we willing to send relief money to Haiti? How in some other poverty-stricken countries? How but we will not get involved with the poor who live just two neighborhoods over from us? Why are we willing to give so that people can preach to those of color somewhere in some other country? But when it comes to us, we say, well, let them stay in their place. Or let their own people reach them. Judea and Samaria wasn't that far from Jerusalem. Jesus said to them, dare to get beyond where you are. Dare to leave the comfort and the security of home. Dare to get beyond your prejudice. And is it any different for us today? We should dare to get beyond our comfort zone. We should dare to reach out to people that are different from us. Oh, oh, I I just challenge you today. Look around you today. Look around you. Arlington is a melting pot. Every color, every nationality, every culture is right here. There was a day when American missionaries had to go to the world. Today, the world has come to us. Just one example, UTA has students from over 100 countries of the world. Well, I don't think Chi Alpha is a real missionary. I don't think college campus ministry is real missions. Dummy. He said it back there. You didn't. It's not missions. 100 people groups, more than that, are represented in one college. The world, friend, has come to us. 
Thank God we have Chi Alpha. Thank God there are other Christian ministries in place. Amen. Oh, listen, friend. Foreign students are coming here. They're getting their education. But more than that, they're getting Christ. They're getting saved. And they're going back to their native country. And they're sharing Christ with their friends and their families. Oh, thank God the world is coming to us. We better do something about it. You know, Jesus hung out with sinners. He went to the fishing docks. I don't know if you know anything about fishermen. But fishermen were rough men. They didn't get in a circle and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. They cursed. They swore. They told dirty jokes. They were sinners. Sinners sin. We should dare oh, to be around sinners sometimes. Oh, and if we are around sinners sometimes, we don't need to condemn them. They're already condemned. And don't preach to them. Turn them off, preach to them. Look down your pious long. Spiritual nose at them. No, don't condemn them. Don't preach to them. Don't join in their sin. Thought I better throw that one in. Simply be light in a dark place. Share with when, when the Holy Spirit nudges you to share, then you share. And when He pulls on the reins, then you stop. You don't have to give the whole load, amen? Give a little here, a little there, a little seed here, a little seed there, a little word here, a little word there, amen? When the Holy Spirit nudges you, you can put in a word or two. And when the Holy Spirit gives you full speed ahead, then you can, man, I mean, bring it all the way, all the way around. Paul, Paul dared, he dared to get beyond Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. He said, I have freely and happily become a servant of any and all so that I can win them to Christ. When I am with the Jews, he said, I see him as one of them so that they will listen to the gospel and I can win them to Christ. Then when I am with Gentiles who follow Jewish customs and ceremonies, I don't argue even though I don't agree because I want to help them. When with the heathen, I agree with them as much as I can. Except, of course, that I must always do what is right as a Christian. And so by agreeing, I can win their confidence and I can help them also. When I am with those whose consciences bother them easily, I don't act as though I know it all. And, don't say they, and I don't say they are foolish. The result is that they are willing to let me help them. Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. I do this to get the gospel to them and also for the blessing I myself receive when I see them come to Christ. Paul dared to embrace those who were different from him. My goal today is to challenge us in three areas. The first challenge is I must share. Starting in Jerusalem, starting at home, I must share with my friends and my family and my loved ones. My loved ones simply share with them what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've experienced, what God has done in through my life. 
Second challenge is I must dare. I must dare to leave my comfort surroundings. I'll reach out in, in areas beyond my comfort zone. I must reach out to people who are not just like me. I must drop my prejudice and I must embrace all of God's people. The third challenge I have for us this morning is I must care. I must care. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria. And finally, he said, to the end of the earth. To the very end of the earth. You see, it's not enough that I care for my family. It's not enough that I care for those that are nearby. But I must care for the entire world. According to Jesus, we should have a worldwide vision. You might be thinking, why, Pastor? Why should I care for somebody that's halfway around the world? Why should I care for somebody? I can't even speak their language. I don't understand their culture. I've never met them and I never will meet them. Why should I care for somebody like that? Well, let me give you four reasons why you should care. The first reason you ought to care this morning is because of the experience. Because of the experience. You see, those of us who are saved, we've had a genuine experience with God. Whether you were down and out or up and out, you were still out. All of us have a testimony. All of us have have been saved from something. That old song we used to sing, remind me, all the words say, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. You see, for some of us, our testimony is not so much what God saved us out of. I was preaching at the age of four. That's not a whole lot to be saved out of. For a lot of us, our testimony is not so much what God saved us out of, but what he kept us out of. What he kept us. Oh, I wish I had a testimony like so-and-so. You know, they were a drug addict. You know, a pimp and all those things. And, and man, and they killed somebody. And man, they got such a great testimony. Let me tell you a greater testimony than that. When God keeps us from those things. Thank God for a God that can save us out of all the depths of sin. But thank God also for a God that is powerful enough to keep us from all of those things. I was never an alcoholic. I was never a dope addict or a pimp. But, oh, friend, had I not been saved at an early age, who knows where I could be today? What could I be this morning? What could I be involved in? But because Jesus saved me as just a little bitty boy, because I've dedicated my life to Christ and lived my whole life for Jesus, amen, where could I be if it had not happened, if Jesus had not saved me and kept me? Why is it? I just don't understand. Why is it when we have a really good experience at a restaurant? Or we find a really cool place to shop? Or we discover an incredible golf course? Or better than that. We discovered new coupons online. 
Why is it when things like that happen in our lives, we share our experience with everybody? Oh, you just got to go so-and-so and eat you. Oh, there are chips and salsa to die for, man. You, man, you got to go there. Man, you want to get some bargains and some good clothes, you need to go so-and-so, man. Oh, let me tell you about where you can go and get some incredible deals uh, online. Why is it when good experiences happen into our lives? Oh, we want to tell everybody we see. We just can't wait to tell somebody. And friend, the greatest thing that ever happened for us uh, oh, was what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and our experience with Jesus Christ when He came into our heart and our life. Amen. We ought to be telling everybody what Jesus has done in our heart in our life. I've given you four reasons we ought to care. Number one is because the experience, and we want others to have that same experience. We ought to care, number two, because of the example. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that He gave His one and His only Son that whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but have everlasting life. Oh, friend, we should care for the whole world because our Heavenly Father cares for the whole world. If God didn't care for the entire world, then you and I wouldn't be saved. Last time I checked, there's not a Jew in this congregation. Aren't you glad the Lord was willing to get beyond his comfort zone? Friend, if the world didn't, if God didn't care for the entire world, then you and I wouldn't be saved. We should follow the example of our Heavenly Father in caring for the entire world. Notice the third reason to care this morning, and that is the exhortation. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. John 20 and 21, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Hear me this morning, missions is not a suggestion, it's a command. It's not take it or leave it. Do it or don't do it. Jesus didn't say if you want to. He didn't say if it fits within your personality. Well, I just don't have the right personality to witness. Not based on personality. Some are going to be better than others. And if you got that personality I just did, you're going to have a hard time. But you can still do it. Amen. Because you just simply tell them what Jesus has done in your heart and in your life. Well, I just don't feel led. Well, come by my office. I have a pencil. You can feel led. I just don't feel led. Tell you the truth, I didn't really feel led to preach this morning. But I'm still doing it. Amen. Because it's my job. It's my responsibility. Amen. No, 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 no. Jesus said it before Nike. Just do it. Go, Jesus said. Go, 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 go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Four reasons why you ought to care enough about the loss to do something about it. Because the experience, the example, the exhortation. Number four this morning, because of the extent
Do you ever think about eternity? Do you ever think about eternity? Do you ever think about eternity and somebody else? Oh, yeah, we think about eternity in us because we don't want to go to hell. But do you ever think about eternity? And do you ever think about eternity and somebody else? Can you even fathom what hell will be like? Oh, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to use that word anymore in church, are we? Because it's not positive. It's not good news. Can you imagine somebody literally being on fire? The pain, the agony. And then think that nobody's coming with a bucket. Nobody's coming with a hose. To think that that person is literally on fire, literally on fire, literally burning on fire, and that they will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever have any relief. Not in a hundred years, not in a thousand years, not in a million years, not in a billion years will they ever have any relief. Hell is for eternity. And every single soul that goes into eternity without the blood of Christ covering that soul will go to hell and will never be released. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I don't understand it. I don't. I'm a gospel preacher and I still don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I mean, you know, God put them in fire and burn them up, okay? Okay, I, I, I might go that far. I can't understand. I can't fathom. I don't even agree with it. But you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I think. Don't matter if I agree with it or don't agree with it. Don't matter if I understand it or don't understand it. It's a fact. Either all this Bible's true or none of it's true. And I'm honest enough to tell you that I don't agree with it. And I'm honest enough when you tell you I don't understand it and I can't comprehend it. I can't stand it. It breaks my heart. And it takes a lot to break this old crusty heart. can't stand it. But then to think nobody has to go. Nobody has to go there. A way of escape has been made so no one has to go to hell. 
Jesus died on the cross to free us from sin and free us from the consequence of sin. And all we have to do is accept what He did for us on the cross. Oh, friend, I ask you this morning, do we care enough to get involved in missions so that people can hear the message of Christ and be saved? I care this morning because of the extent. The extent of my caring is that people that would have been lost, oh, people that would have died without Christ, people that would have burned forever and ever in hell, oh, because I care and I'm going to do something about it. Amen. We can help keep them out of those fiery burning hell. I must care. i got to hurry. I should be done right now. I've, I've told you why. Now let me tell you how. How do we share? Or how do we show that we care? Number one, by going. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Some will feel called by God to become full-time missionaries. These people will go and literally give their entire life for a certain mission field. And I pray, I pray that God will call somebody from New Bethel during this missions convention. I don't want to just break the all-time record of giving. I want to see some people, amen, be called out of this congregation to be a full-time missionary. I want God to call somebody this week. And some will go by way of temporary missions trips. We've already sent some of our people to Mexico twice and, or three times and to the Philippines and to Belize and to Las Vegas. We, and we have a group leaving this week for New York City. Uh, oh, there are going to be many, many mission trips taken in the years to come. We're planning one right now for Belize in January of 2011. But not everybody can go. What about those that cannot go? I show... That I care. How? By going. And number two, by giving. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Friend, everybody can be involved in missions. Everyone can have a part in reaching the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Some by going and others by giving. Paul said in Romans 10 that we read, Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, oh, that's the good news. That's the good news. Anybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Nobody has to go to hell. All we have to do is call out on the name of the Lord and we can be saved. That's the good news. The bad news is, but how? Paul said, how can they hear or how can they call on somebody they've never even heard of? All they've got to do is call out on the name of the Lord and they'll be saved. But how in the world can they call on somebody they've never even heard about? The good news is there are preachers ready, willing, and able to go and tell the world about Jesus Christ. How they are setting on go. They are chomping at the bits. They can't wait. Just let me go. Let me go. The bad news is they cannot go unless they have money. They cannot go unless they have a sponsor. They cannot go unless somebody sends them. Friend, did you know that for every dollar that is given to Assemblies of God missions... For every dollar that's given, three people hear the gospel. 
for every dollar that we give to AG Ministry or AG Missions, three people hear the gospel. That means last year, 369,000 people were presented the gospel because of New Bethel and our giving to missions. That's the good news. The bad news is that between two and three billion people have never even heard even one time an adequate presentation of the Lord, uh, of the salvation message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And more bad news, a host of New Bethel people do very little, if anything, if anything, Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Two years in a row, New Bethel gave over $100,000. Two years in a row to missions. Last year ago, $153,000. Last year, $123,000 or so thousand dollars to missions. That's, that's great. It's record-breaking. It's wonderful. It's awesome. It's incredible. But, oh, there's so many. There's, what could it be if everybody would do their part? What would it be if everybody could do what they really can do? Oh, we've been trying for two years to get to $200,000. We went backwards last year. I know it was the worst economy in America since the Great Depression. I'm told it was bad, 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 bad. We still gave $123,000 a mission. I think that's pretty cotton-picking good. But on the other hand, where could we be three, four hundred thousand? Oh, you know what? Ten years from now, I, I believe, I believe that if I'm winding, running around third base and heading for home in my ministry, hey man, I believe there's going to be a day when New Bethel gives one million dollars to missions. When will it ever stop? Well, aren't you glad it didn't stop before it got to you? When are you going to stop raising the, go, raising the bar, Pastor? When are you going to stop? When I look like this. <laughs> Musicians and singers, get back in place this morning, please. Won't I make a beautiful corpse? I better hurry, hadn't I? <laughs> The story is told about an angel and God. They're looking down over the balcony of heaven and they're viewing all the sin and degradation and chaos of man on planet earth. The angel turns to God and he says, God, what is your plan for man? And God says, I sent my one and only son to die for them and he told them to tell everybody what we did for The angel says to God, but what if they don't? What if man drops the ball? What is your backup plan? God replied, I have no other plan. People, it's up to us. It's up to us. God doesn't have a backup plan. He doesn't have a plan B. We're it. God did his part. He sent his only son, Jesus. The son of God did his part. He came and gave his life. And before he left, he said, go tell everybody what I've done for you. Go tell everybody what's been done for you. Now it's our turn. It's up to us.
three challenges today. We must share, we must dare, and we must care. Father, take these words, Lord, that are upon our heart, these words that you have placed deep within our spirit, oh God. God, I don't want to come across hard or harsh or mean or demanding or, oh God, I just, I ache for those that are going to hell when they don't have to. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. You know what? I'm going to make sure that all of us here, wouldn't it be horrible if I took up a big offering and sent money around the world and multitudes got saved somewhere in some other country and I, I let somebody right here in this room go to hell? Wouldn't that be horrible? Maybe you're here today and you're not 100% sure that you're saved and ready for heaven. The Holy Spirit has brought conviction to your spirit, to your heart today. I want to give you an opportunity to repent and get right with God. If you're here today, you need to repent of sin. You're here today, you need to get right with God. You want me to help you with that today? I want you to lift your hand up, lift it real high in this room this morning. Very quickly, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Anyone in this room, I'm not right with God. I need to repent. I need to get right. I want to do that today. I want to make sure that I'm ready to be my God. Is, that, is there any, even one this morning? right the ushers are coming this morning again this offering today is